Hey, I'm Tyler Smith, and I decided for episode three, I wanted to switch things up. I've shared some of music's benefits and my personal relationship with music in episodes one and two. For episode three, I wanted to focus on my community and the role music plays at Porter's. And who better to tell you about their experiences than the people themselves? I've interviewed five people, ranging from students to faculty, to talk about how music affects what they do. From the basketball courts to the dining hall tables, there's music everywhere, and these are just a few people's thoughts on their relationship with music. First, I talked with Talia. Hello, my name is Talia Marks-McCall. I am the Assistant Athletic Director and Varsity Head Basketball Coach. I also teach social-emotional learning. I asked her what role she thinks music plays in sports, specifically basketball. Different athletes do different things, but oftentimes I see athletes, they have their headphones in and what type of music they play, I think it varies on the personality. So for me, I would listen into a lot of Beyonce because I found that her music is very um, empowering. For me, it helps me feel empowered, helps me feel like I have an alter ego in a sense, like, hey, I'm gonna get beyond my personality, beyond myself, and I'm gonna step out on the court and you know, be all that I can be in that moment, play hard, play aggressive, um, and be very um, competitive. I then asked if she thinks a good warm-up playlist can effectively pump up her players or any team. So you know, oftentimes when teams are warming up, they have music and they're like, let's go, they're getting pumped up, locked in, locked in ready to go. Music play a very, I think a very important role in terms of prep, Next, I talked with Alexia. Hi, my name is Alexia Cassano. I'm the senior day student representative, and I'm also a head of Concordia, our community service group on campus. And I also enjoy playing the dining hall music. I started by asking her what role she thinks music plays in the dining hall or in between classes. You want something that's going to wake you up and get you excited for classes, especially in the winter when everyone's really tired and things are moving really slow. I think music is able to, you know, bring up your mood and also it helps you like bond with your teachers and over lyrics and common songs that you know. Then I asked her to tell me about how she chooses songs to play in the dining hall. I definitely try to make sure that there's some throwbacks in there for the teachers and for the students. I think one of my favorite moments was Kate Domlin and Fiona and some other te- Oscar, some other teachers were singing this song and I, and I had overheard. And so I was able to, you know, put that song on and see their reactions. And, you know, it's always nice to talk to other teachers about their music when they were younger and... Uh, you're able to learn a lot about people through music and through the music that they listen to. And so when I'm picking the music in the dining hall, I don't want it to be somber or sad. And so I'm able to pick some upbeat music that gets everyone going and that everyone knows to really start off the morning or between classes. My next question was what was her favorite song to play in the dining hall and why? My favorite song to play is definitely Down by Jay Sean and Lil Wayne because... Um, everyone knows it, everyone has their dance to it. It's a great song, a lot of nostalgic vibes.
Lastly, I asked her how does seeing the community dancing in the dining halls make her feel? It's so fun. Like, every time I put on a song, I'm making sure that, you know, one person is bopping their head or someone's singing along at the table because I think music is that place, especially the dining hall is the place to be, to have community and to build community. And music definitely does that in a way that's, you know, it fills the gap, the silence, and gets people talking, singing along. Next, I talked with Tessa. Hi, my name is Tessa Grunwald, and I'm the dance director at Miss Porter's School. I started by asking her about what goes into choosing a song for a dance performance. If I wanted to do a piece about the weather, and I decided I wanted to do a dance about a rainy day, um, that I might think about some of some descriptive words about how rain makes me feel or what it feels like. And I think about my senses. What do I see? What would I taste? What would I hear? Um, What do I feel? And then I think about words that describe rain and water. And then when I go to look for music, I may, I will have those words in mind and I'll look for a piece of music that is maybe not very happy sounding, that is maybe has sounds that resemble water, whether that's a waterfall or a river or um, actual rain. Or I may just find a piece of music that has a general flow to it that really connects to the movement that and the embodiment of the rainy day that I'm trying to bring across to the audience. Um, so that's one, one way to look at it. And another way is sometimes I hear a piece of music that I am really drawn to and I, I hear it in my mind and if I close my eyes, I begin to see things. Like I think that we should be able to see music and hear music. So if I come across a piece of music that I feel really strongly about or I really like, I try to bring that piece of music to life through the body so that as the audience watches, they could close their eyes and hear a piece of music. And when they open their eyes and they see the performers moving, that they're able to make that connection and and see the music come to life. I then asked her what role she thinks music plays in dance for both the performers and the audience. As a dancer and a choreographer, you know, dance is meant to express something. We create and we perform to express something. And the music is an important factor in delivering that message. On the performer side, what the music does is it really helps support the motivation to deliver the message to the audience. So if the music doesn't fit quite right, it will be a lot more difficult for the performer to bring to life what the what the choreographer is trying to say. And and also it 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 stirs something up inside you as a performer to use the power of the music to bring the dance to life the best way that you can. Um, It's a hard feeling to describe as a dancer, so I'm trying to put it into words. But when you have the right piece of music to back up your choreography, there's something that feels so right about it and it feels so natural and so powerful. Next, I asked her to choose a song and piece she really liked and describe how it made her feel. 
The song is called Ehad Miyodea, um, and it's a piece of choreography by a man named Ohad Naharin, and he's a contemporary choreographer. And the piece is um, basically about the affirmation of essential elements of Judaism. The music has this very steady, steady beat in it that progressively intensifies. Um, and it's a very simple structure of dancers. They're all aligned in a, a semicircle in chairs. And they're doing this movement that's very repetitive. Um, it, and so is the song. It's very repetitive. But as the piece goes along, it, even though it's the same same movements over and over and over again, the, the dancers and the movement begins to intensify just like the music does. Um, and there's just there's something something really powerful about the visual that matches the the music. In the end, Tessa had some parting thoughts on dance and music. You know, since I was a little girl, I loved to dance and really never wanted to do anything else. Um, you know, and there's one one fun fact I learned when when I was younger, and it's it still like resonates with me today is. If you think about the first thing that we hear um, is the sound of our mother's heartbeat. And I think that that's really interesting when we think about how we connect to music and rhythm in general. Like when we hear the bass, whether that's a song that's on the radio or, or drumming or just a song that, we, that our family sings, that we feel this, this connection to rhythmic patterns that we can't explain. Next, I talked with Patrick. This is Patrick Reardon, and I am the Director of Music at Miss Porter School in Farmington, Connecticut. I asked him what role he thinks music plays in a performance for both the actors and the audience. To me, music in theater, particularly musical theater, offers a a window into the soul of the performer, um, into the playwright, composer. Uh, it, It almost slows down time within a story and allows the performer to really explore their emotions. And yes, often uh, the music in, in theater does also serve to um, expand the story and uh, relay more information. Music is so powerful and offers such an opportunity to, to reach the listener, reach the audience member at their core. Music in the theater often uh, offers its most most salient points, its most powerful moments, its turning point for the character. I then asked him to choose a song in a performance he liked and how it made him feel. In Sweeney Todd, for example, the song Epiphany happens um, as the title character comes to the conclusion that he's not going to simply exact revenge on the specific individuals who have wronged him and his family, but a large uh, segment of humanity uh, also deserves his vengeance. Uh, and this song 
the epiphany, of course, as the title suggests, is the moment that he realizes this and um, kind of explains his rationale. Um, and it is, if it were dialogue, it would be powerful enough, but when set to music, it was a really moving and chilling moment. Music does that. Lastly, I talked with Christabel. Hi, my name is Christabel Kentabibi. I am currently a sophomore at Miss Porter's school, and I am involved with quite a few things, um, that including being a head of the Black um, Student Affinity, Sister to Sister, and also being a head of Gospel Choir Christian Fellowship, and I also had the honor of being the vice president for the sophomore class, which I was very thankful for. And um, most importantly, I love to perform. First, I asked her what role she thinks music plays in a performance for both the actors and the audience. In theater, there's all sorts of different aspects. Of course, you have the actors, then there's tech and crew who help with props and setting. And also, there's the pit or the orchestra um, that also are major contributors to the um, theater experience, especially for musical theater, which is something that I hope to pursue after college. The orchestra is very important because they basically open the show, not even the actors, but um, like for any musical, if you've seen any musical on stage, the orchestra just like plays an overture of like what you're going to hear throughout the show and that just really gets the crowd excited about um, the performance that they're going to see. Then I also asked her to choose a song and a performance she liked and how it made her feel. We did a spelling bee in the winter season. I played uh, Logan Schwartz and Grubinier. She is a character who has a lisp and she also has two fathers who are very overprotective of her. And I guess like the nature of Logan is that she always has this peer pressure to do her best and it really like weighs in on her. And I could relate to that so much on a personal level, especially being an overachiever that I am and just love to be involved with everything and also trying to be on top of my studies. Um, my parents are always trying to make sure that I'm pushing to do my best. And it's super stressful on my end, especially during this time of quarantine, trying to get work done and also like extracurriculars after school hours and also taking care of my brother with his homework. Practice your breathing, Logan. Though I practice yoga, I don't breathe. I try not to disappoint, but still I disappoint the dad who my friend the mock. Kids are mean, kids will talk. All my so-called friends roll their eyes, they're incredibly petty. Because my dads are my dads, and all right, enough already. Woe is me, woe is me. A song that Logan sings, or her specific featured song, is called Woe Is Me, and it's exactly what you think it is. This song is all about Logan talking about her personal experience with her dads and also her mom living in Kansas, and just all the stress that she's feeling, like 
so much stress that she's about to vomit stress. It's just, she's so overwhelmed with all these things happening around her that she starts to hyperventilate and just do all sorts of things. And the tempo of Woe Is Me is very quick paced and that really adds to uh, the stress that Logan is feeling. And it also um, tells the audience that, um, like whenever I play the character on stage, I'm convincing my audience that I'm stressed and I want you to feel the stress that I'm feeling. And for all the characters who are a part of Spelling Bee, like every single character has their own quirk about themselves or have their own special techniques and each song or like each tempo or like melody of the song, it relates to the character in some way. Lastly, I asked her if she thinks music enhances a performance and how she thinks music does this. Music is just a beautiful thing and it really enhances a performance, any performance, whether it's an orchestra performance or a vocal performance too. If you're seeing a concert, or like a special artist that you love. It's just like the vibe or like the tone that they bring to their voice and also that complements the music. It really makes you feel a certain way and it's just so beautiful. And um, adding on to that, even just like the lyrics in a song, every lyric has a different meaning or may have a deeper meaning than you intended to be. Like lyrics are just so special to the music whether it's for musical theater, when you're trying to tell your story, or just like a simple pop song, there's just so much more behind lyric. And that makes you just fall in love with it more, which is so cool. Music is everywhere on campus. You'll find Drake blasting before a basketball game on a Saturday. You'll find a soft instrumental coming out of the dance barn during a Friday night dance recital. Queen will be playing in the Hacker Theater during the intermission of a musical. During lunch, dinner, or community time, One Direction will play through the dining hall as seniors eat and sing together. I play music in my room when my friends want to chill and talk, or in the common room when we play ping pong. Music is there during the highs, the lows, and everything in between. I wanted to make my community, the Porter's community, aware of music's relevance on our campus and of their relationship with music. Each episode was tailored to focus on a specific area of music's benefits and to create an enjoyable experience for my listeners. In episode one, I focused on music therapy and its benefits specifically with teens, and I spoke to Megan, a music therapist who works mainly with people my age. Music therapy has helped people in the past deal with problems big and small, and will continue to help people into the future. It's not a well-known form of therapy, and I wanted to bring awareness to it in hopes that people in our community who might be too intimidated by talk therapy know that there are other options out there. Music therapy has helped all kinds of people regardless of age. It's temporarily provided a glimpse into past memories for the elderly with dementia. It's given teens with substance abuse issues a creative outlet to express their emotions and relieve stress. It's giving kids with autism temporary focus and something fun to bond them all together. Music therapy not only serves those dealing with an issue, but helps the family that is affected. 
Families with a kid dying from cancer are sometimes given songs made using their children's heartbeat to help in a time of pain. Maybe you have a grandparent with dementia, or you're in a mental slump during quarantine, and you can't seem to pull yourself out of it. Listen to some familiar music, and it'll remind you, or your loved one, of a happier time. Genuinely consider music therapy as an option if any of these examples speak to you. Musictherapy.org, the official site of the American Music Therapy Association, is packed with resources and information about connecting with a music therapist. Episode 2 focused on music's benefits for your body, brain, and helping to manage your emotions. Students at Porter's are no stranger to stress. During my time over these few years, I've noticed and participated in the culture of downplaying how stressed or tired I am and not taking my mental health seriously. I don't think we do this on purpose, but our schedules are packed from morning to afternoon, and if you don't stay on top of everything, it's easy to get swept up under all the stress and assignments. Though music isn't the cure for mental illness, it's a step in attempting to understand and express those feelings inside and to manage your stress. It can bring your heartbeat and maybe your mood up a little bit when nothing excites you. It can bring back memories of simpler times. Fall on campus, cheering on a big game, your favorite song to dance to when you were little. It can calm your body and help you focus and relax. Though my research has been extensive, this is just the tip of the iceberg of music's benefits. Music has the power to change your life if you're conscious about what music can do for you. This podcast was created to educate my community and make them conscious of these benefits. Science has proven that music helped those before you, so it can help you too. A large driving force for this project was the support and feedback I got when I initially pitched it and talked about it with others. People got excited when they described how music made them feel. They started to smile and became more engaged with what I'm saying and encouraging me to pursue this. This podcast is providing a small glimpse into what's going on to give you that giddy feeling and how you can better tailor the music you listen to to meet a specific need. Maybe you're listening to music in your headphones as you do homework in the library or at your dining hall table. Maybe your friend brought a speaker on the bus to an away game and all of your teammates are screaming and singing the lyrics. Maybe you feel the fatigue of constantly looking at your computer during class or while doing homework and you want to listen to the sounds of nature and read. Music is so constant in many people's lives that it's hard to truly account for all the little moments where music is played in the day. But if you listen to this podcast and then listen to your favorite song a bit more closely or put on binaural beats while you work on your final project, my capstone has benefited your life. It's made you look a little more closely at something we take for granted and has offered you suggestions for how music can help during these trying times. You know what's going on in your heart when you play a calm song with a slower BPM versus a more energized song with a higher BPM. You know what's going on in your head when you listen to an old song from your childhood or hear alpha waves in music. By listening to my podcast, I've made you aware of music's benefits, which has changed your relationship with music subconsciously or consciously. This podcast was made to achieve one goal, to educate and help all of you listening understand music's power for good. I can end my podcast knowing that I did just that. This was episode three of Music in the Brain. This podcast was written and produced by me, Tyler Smith, for my final capstone project in my AIS capstone class. Songs you heard in this episode were by Hubert Davis, Ohad Noreen, 
Sweeney Todd, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Dow, and Daniel Cade. Editing help by Ali Oshinsky. Special thanks to Eugene Cassidy, all the capstone teachers, my friends who gave me feedback, and my mom. I'd also like to give an extra special thanks to Allie for all of her help and support. This was the final episode of Music in the Brain. To listen to more on how music interacts with the brain, find my other episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been so fun making this, and I hope you all enjoyed it. I'm Tyler Smith, and this was Music in the Brain. Thanks for listening.